It's the boy, Bubba, let's come in through Ella Clutch, flawless, can't be touched It's your boy, Bubba, let's Yeah, I need that hot take I need the truth and everything that is not fake So tell me who's the goal Welcome back, Bubba Bunch, to another edition of the Bubba Let's Sports Podcast It is episode 252 And today we are previewing the Cowboys versus Falcons game for week 10 in the NFL. Now, before we get into the Cowboys preview, and we're going to have a lot of things to talk about because this is a very important game for the Dallas Cowboys specifically. may not be for the matchup, but just for the culture and for the confidence of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I have a lot uh, of things to get off my chest there. But first, let's let's start it off with... uh, a little bit of talk about my favorite person in the NFL, Odell Beckham Jr. Signs with the uh, Los Angeles Rams um, for, I think the deal is up to $4.5 million, uh, less than a million dollars in signing bonus. But he signs with the Rams after going unclaimed in the waiver wire and really shocking to a lot of people, including myself when I got the news. It really didn't make sense at first, but we... We assume that it was going to be a contender like the Chiefs, the Packers, the Patriots, um, or, or the Saints, really, because those places all made sense. They desperately need a wide receiver. Or the story of like Odell being at LSU in his college career. He's loved in Baton Rouge. He's loved in Louisiana. That would have made sense. The Packers, they always need receivers, and they never seem to get one. The Patriots, I mean, that's a move of like OBJ and the Patriots being done for the last like five years, it, it feels like. And um, the Chiefs, well, they just get everybody and uh, they could use some more receivers, I guess, to get back into the swing of things. And then out of nowhere, the Los Angeles Rams just scoop him up and he finds himself uh, with a contender. I I guess that was his main goal at the end of the day. But it it just, it, it makes sense when it comes to being a Rams fan or a part of the Rams organization. Look, this is a guy that's going to be on rental for the next few months, and then he's going to be gone. This is not going to be a long-term thing for the Rams with OBJ. They're just going to say, hey, just come play with us for the rest of the season. Try to win a championship, and then we'll send you your way. That, we're not going to pay you all that money because we have no money. You know, we, We've basically given everything we've got this season in order to win a Super Bowl. And they're doing everything. They've done it with Matthew Stafford, with Vaughn Miller, and it do- it continues with OBJ. This is my thing on, on the whole situation and the move. This, this is just what the Rams are going to do. They're just going to go all in and put all their chips in on one hand and say, it's win or bust. We don't care if we're bad in two years, which they're going to be. We're going all in here. And if that means we get another wide receiver to go alongside our three great wide receivers, just in case Cooper Cup goes down, if Robert Woods goes down, if Van Jefferson goes down, we got OBJ. So the deal on the Rams side makes all the sense in the world. It it really does because this is just another depth wide receiver with potentially great talent that we could see again. We're never going to get the same OBJ that we once did in New York with the amazing catches and the amazing play. We're not going to get that ever again. What you may get is a low risk because you spent less than a million dollars on this guy and he's only going to be there for the next three months, if at all, you know, if they make it to that point in February. And you get really good play out of that, out of a third or fourth receiver. Or... This is useless 
and nothing comes of it and he brings another set of like attitude and drama to the situation well you can just get rid of him at any point this season or you can get rid of him at the end of the season when you win that Super Bowl it doesn't matter it's this is just a short-term thing of like friends with benefits you know you're you're not going to be serious with this person but you can enjoy the moments that are good and they can potentially be really good you're just going to try it out but it's not going to be a thing to where they catch feelings at the end of the day and you find yourself in a long-term situation no we've said it we set the ground rules beforehand and we said all right let's just see what happens but don't expect us to last that long you know we'll go until february i need a cuddle buddy and then once the weather gets a little nicer, you're, you're on your way. That's that's where I feel like this move is for the Rams. This makes no sense for me for OBJ. It, it made all the sense of the world to go to the Patriots, to go to the Packers, uh, to go to the Saints, because I felt like those teams would appreciate you because they desperately needed a wide receiver with that type of talent, or potentially that talent. Those are the types of teams that say, we are so glad to have you here and we're going to give you everything that you want because we need that. We need a wide receiver that wants to get all the touches, that wants to get all the catches. Because right now in Green Bay, Devontae Adams is the only guy there. But if we can split those catches, those targets between Devontae Adams and OBJ, our offense is going to be even better. We have nobody in New Orleans. Our best receiver, Marquez Calloway, I think you're better than Marquez Calloway. We'll give you more touches. It's just a matter of like who's going to be our quarterback, but it doesn't matter. It's going to be up to you. If you want that pressure on you, Odell, to get all those catches and all those targets and to make plays, well, New Orleans makes all the sense in the world, and especially New England. Mac Jones has nobody to throw to, really, other than Hunter Henry in the red zone. A dynamic playmaking wide receiver that OBJ once was and could potentially be again if the situation is right. Well, then New England's the perfect place for you because they have a better quarterback than New Orleans. And with Damien Harris getting a little banged up and a banged up running back class or, or room, well, okay, then we'll just go to OBJ because if he wants the ball, I'm going to throw him that ball. And then we can just do whatever we want with him. And it's up to him to make those plays. Now the pressure's on him, but I feel like OBJ wants that pressure. But at the end of the day, it's a matter of making OBJ happy. Make him feel love. Make him feel like he's the center of attention because that's what he wants. That's what he is. He's a self-centered, egotistical type of diva. And if you don't give him that type of situation to where it benefits him and makes him look good, then this is just going to be another dramatic you know, situation to where his father puts all these plays on social media and begs for them to free his son. Why would you go to the Rams then? Why would you go to the team that's going to think of you as a third or fourth option? You're not going to get the touches that are going to sacrifice Cooper Cup's plays. Cooper Cup is the center of attention in Los Angeles. Cooper Cup is going to get the catches. He's going to get the targets from Matthew Stafford because that relationship is now just completely in sync. Cooper Cup leads the league in catches, in yards, in touchdowns. He is the best wide receiver this season why would they sacrifice that to make you happy and why would they go to you when they still have robert woods and he's having a rough season because he's not getting the touches because of cooper cup van jefferson who i think is an amazing wide receiver and if he was in any other situation 
he would be considered a, a top two wide receiver in any other team, really. You know, there's a few exceptions, but I feel like Van Jefferson in a different team, like if he goes to the Packers, he's suddenly the second best wide receiver in that in that room. But because he's with the Rams, well, now he's the third best option. But I still think as a third best option, he's really good. So now that OBJ is there, you're suddenly going to take the opportunities from Van Jefferson, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup? No, you're not. No, you're not. Sean McVay is going to try to make you happy. But at the end of the day, if the if Cooper Cup's on a roll, if he's feeling hot and the matchup is there for him to get all the touches that game, you're not going to get any. You're barely going to get the ball. And then guess what happens? Now OBJ is feeling a little bit left out. And now he's going to pout and he's going to cry like a little baby like he did in New York, like he did in Cleveland. Like he had to, he had to split the amount of time in Cleveland with Jarvis Landry. And he was already upset with only one guy really ahead of him. Now there's three guys ahead of you in Los Angeles. Look, if this comes down to the point of like, he just wants to chase a ring. If you want to do the Kevin Durant thing of like, I want to win. I want to win with a good football team. I want to win a Super Bowl because that's the thing that's holding me back. That's fine. If you want to go to a great team already and you say, I make them better, fine by me. Like Kevin Durant, I'm glad you went and chased a ring because everyone's going to judge you if you don't win a ring. OBJ has had some really good years in New York, but he didn't win a ring. He hasn't won a Super Bowl. So I don't know what OBJ is thinking here. But if he is thinking that, oh, I just want to win. That's all I want to do. I want to put my ego aside for once. And I want to win with a really good football team. And if I get the touches, cool. If not, cool. As long as we're there in February. Then, then take everything that I've just said and throw it out the window. Because I applaud Odell for wanting that. I don't think that's the case here. I think this is a case of him thinking that I'm going to go to a great football team with a great quarterback because I think that I'm going to get all the attention. I'm going to make them better. Like, no, you're not. The, you're, you're thinking that suddenly you're the, the best guy in the room. You're suddenly thinking that you're the best run, uh, wide receiver in that, in that entire team. You're not even close. It, at, if, if I had my, my choice this season of, am I going to throw to Cooper Cup, who I've had the relationship with in sync all year long, or this new guy that brings drama and brings an ego and, and just a big head to the locker room to make a play when I need it the most, I'm going to Cooper Cup. Why would I go to a guy that's just going to complain if I don't throw him the ball? And if he doesn't get the center of attention, then he's just going to be a problem here. Matthew Stafford's going to choose Cooper Cup. He's going to choose Robert Woods. He's going to choose Van Jefferson just because of the amount of time that he's played with them. You're not just going to walk in here and practice and in these games and say, now, now throw it to me. No, that's not how it's going to work in Los Angeles. Sean McVay is not going to change the entire uh, playbook because Odell is there. I think at the end of the day, this, this is a situation to where Odell thinks that because it's a great team, he suddenly become, he's going to become great again. And he's going to get the yards. He's going to get the touchdowns. Yeah, you have your moments. But don't think that this is suddenly going to be like where you're getting 150 yards a game. Just statistically, with the amount of attention that Cooper Cup is getting by Matthew Stafford, you're barely going to get the ball like three or four times. You may get those outstanding games to where your matchup is really good and no one focuses on you. But 
you just you can't think of yourself as the number one receiver on this team. Feel like Odell's making himself think that, and good quarterback, good team equals me getting yards and touchdowns. That's not the case. That won't happen, and I. That's why I think that this is going to be a dead move at the end of the season, to where it really doesn't matter. And this isn't going to help Odell with any other teams. Like he'll get signed by someone else because of the the galore that is Odell from like five years ago. You know, like we we live off of Cam Newton's 2015 season. We live off of Odell's one-handed catch against the Cowboys. We live off of that. But other than that, what does he have to show? Mediocre play and bad injuries. If he gets hurt, like in the first couple games, or if he's banged up and he's on the injury report, why would I even bother keeping him? Why? This, This is the worst case scenario for Odell, but it was the most likely scenario for Odell. I don't like this move for Odell. I like it for the Rams because it's low risk, high reward, or low risk, mid reward. But they don't need a reward. They don't need a wide receiver. No one, no one went into the trade deadline for the Rams or or coming into the season and think, yeah, they need a receivers. No one thinks that. No one said that. If anything, they just need to improve that defense, which they did with Vaughn Miller. If anything, they could have improved maybe the running back situation because of the Cam Akers injury at the beginning of the year. No one said with Cooper Cup, with Robert Woods, with Van Jefferson, with Tyler Higby, they need some receivers. They need some weapons for Matthew Stafford to throw to. No! No! No one goes to Tampa and says they needed receivers. They just get another receiver. Cool. That's another weapon that you could use later on. That's all it is. That's all it is for the Rams. You know, like... Like, Odell thinks that he's the prom queen. You know, he, he thinks that he's going to be the the best-looking girl at the prom. You, you barely got a mum. You barely got a course, uh, 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 whatever it's called. Uh, what, what are the things that you put on your... I don't know. I, I hated prom. Uh, you could tell that I didn't really do that in, in high school. Um, but, like, it, Odell just thinks so much of himself... And I feel like this is just one of those moves where he thinks that like, oh yeah, they're going to love me there. They're going to love me. I'm going to do so much for this team. And the Rams are like, cool. Like, you're going to do something for us and it better be damn good. But don't think that this is going to turn anything into a relationship. We're just, we paid you for the night. Yeah, I hate that. That's probably a bad analogy, but we're paying you for the night. Just... Just have fun, you know, do what you got to do, but see you later. All right. All right. Enough about that. I thought that was going to be short. It's 15 minutes in. Let's, let's briefly talk about this Cowboys versus Falcons game because I think this is a very important football game. And I may have said that a lot, uh, throughout the, the season. I think this has to be not a must win. This is far from a must win. This got it. This has to be a statement win for the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm not gonna panic. I'm not going to freak out or over exaggerate the loss against the Denver Broncos. That was brutal. That was a bogus performance out of the Dallas Cowboys, and I don't expect that to happen a lot this season. I think it's gonna be a little bit tougher as the year goes along. Going into the season, I did think that the second half of their season would be tougher, and how the NFC East is going, that may not be true, but there's still some solid matchups 
that we can see how the Cowboys perform in that could really judge what they look like in the playoffs. And this is one of those games, not because of the good Atlanta Falcons team. Atlanta Falcons are bad. Their, their record is very deceiving because, yes, their offense can put up some points and they have some very talented individuals. This defense is one of the worst in the NFL and that hasn't changed since last year. And guess what? Who was their coach last year? It was Dan Quinn. There's a lot of pieces to this, uh, to this game to where I think the Cowboys have to make a statement and have to put up 40 on this team, have to limit this team defensively, and really prove that last week was not only a fluke, but the entire league was a fluke week. You know, like week nine was forgettable in the sense that like a lot of teams just don't want to look back and then said, that's not us. And the Dallas Cowboys had one of those weeks. Based on that Thursday night game for the Baltimore Ravens, week nine is turning to week week 10. And I don't want that for the Cowboys. I don't want the Cowboys to just think and go into a mentality of like, well, you know, even good teams have bad weeks. That's great. You know, that that's okay to think, but don't use that as an excuse going forward. You had that excuse in week nine. And I don't want you to make excuses the rest of the way. Denver at least had a great defense, and they showed that. Defensively, statistically, the Denver Broncos are a good football team on that side of the ball. They're not going to win a lot of games offensively, and their offense really complements their defense, but their defense is what wins them football games, and they won them that game against the Dallas Cowboys last week. So I'm okay with that. I thought thought the Cowboys were going to lose against Minnesota. I thought they were going to beat the Denver Broncos. Just switch them, and here we are. They're at the same record that I expected them to have, just different outcomes in games. Now, against the Atlanta Falcons, they don't have a good defense. They have a terrible defense. A.J. Terrell is their best player, and that only handles one matchup against Amari Cooper or CeeDee Lamb. But you got Michael Gallup coming back in this game. He finally comes back from the calf strain, and Cedric Wilson's played good this entire season. So don't give me that thing of like, well, A.J. Terrell's a really good uh, cornerback. Fine. You can use that, but that takes away one of your chess pieces. That doesn't take away the whole board. So... If he covers Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper is pointless at this point because of his hamstring issues, and he's always going to have hamstring issues, death taxes and hamstring issues for Amari Cooper. That still gives you CeeDee Lamb. That still gives you Cedric Wilson, and it gives you Michael Gallup who can win those matchups on the outside. If you can just throw up the ball to Michael Gallup and Dak Prescott isn't overthrowing guys like he did last week, you have yourselves a really good day, right? So the defense for the Atlanta Falcons is atrocious, and it, And there is no reason for the Dallas Cowboys to not score 40 points on this team. There there is absolutely no excuse. Look, I've had so much fun watching this team play over the last few months. And I'm going to continue enjoying watching this team because I do feel like there's something special about this football team this year. However, I think the honeymoon stage of just like, wow. What, what a great time to be a Cowboys fan, right? Like, oh my God, nothing can go wrong. I think that stage is over. I think now we got to think of like, I'm appreciating and acknowledging that this is a great, uh, a good football team, not a great football team yet. I appreciate what they've done up to this point, but we got to get serious. We're halfway through the season now. We're getting to that down stretch where now you're going to play a lot of NFC East guys, and then you're going to play some really good football teams like the Kansas City Chiefs against the Raiders, against the Cardinals, that could really mean some playoff uh, implications later on in the year. 
those games, I will sit back and I will say, it's a flip of a coin for me. I'm going to enjoy my time watching this football team. That is not the case. Whatever the outcome is in those games, cool, fine by me. But it's these games to where there is no excuses. There is no time to relax. You have to beat these football teams by a large margin. You have to give me 60 good minutes of football. I've said that from the very beginning this season. Is that I want a game to where the Cowboys play 60 minutes of great football. I need that out of these Cowboys teams. They have had plenty of good wins where they finish football games. They didn't have that the last few seasons to where they finish football games. It was never a case with Jason Garrett. It wasn't the case last year with Mike McCarthy in his first year in COVID. But you're seeing it this year to where they're finishing games. Awesome. Uh, Like the Giants game, the Eagles game, the Carolina Panthers game. They finished those games. I need from start to finish, you blow them out. You, you completely dominate the games. You need a statement win to let everybody else around the league know you are not messing with us. Last week against Denver, hey, Denver, we'll give them props. They played good football. They wanted it more than us. But this week against a bad football team, we're not going to let what happened last week or what happened to the Baltimore Ravens last night to what happened to the Buffalo Bills against the Jaguars, the Raiders to the Giants. We're not going to let that happen again to us. We are contenders. We are legit. We had a few bad weeks of practice and we had a bad game against Denver, but that doesn't define who we are. And if you want to continue having those bad games and have those fluke games where you're like, where were we today? We were just on cloud. Like we were on the clouds. Like we didn't know where we were. That's not going to be us. We won't let that happen. We are locked in now. We had, we had the bad game. We had the reality check. Now it's time to give a reality check to the Atlanta Falcons. They, they've had some good games and good performances offensively, and they won some football games that no one expected them to win. And, and they may be good offensively, but hey, we are better in every category and every position than the Atlanta Falcons. It's time to say to them, you are a bad football team, and we're going to make you feel like a bad football team at home, In Arlington, where you lost embarrassingly last week, you are saying, this is my house, and we're not going to let you come in here and do the exact same thing that Denver did. Hell no. No, 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 no. No. We are not letting that happen. We are dominating every single facet of the game. Offense, defense, special teams. We are going to dominate you. Even with a new kicker, whose name I can't pronounce, but at least it's not Brett fucking Maher. He will kick every field goal and he will be perfect. It's like the remember remember the Titans scene. We will be perfect in every facet of the game. You drop a pass, you run a mile. You fumble the ball, you run a mile. That's what Mike McCarthy should be saying. The Remember the Titans movie should be running through Frisco, Texas right now through the Star Facility. Every screen, and there's a lot of screens because Jerry Jones wants to whip out his big, you know, and say, I got money, so give me every LED screen in that stadium or in that facility. I want Remember the Titans to be playing in every single one of those TVs this weekend saying, we will be perfect in every facet of the game. Because that's what the Cowboys need to be. The honeymoon stage is over. And you've had your problems with the new marriage. Trevon Diggs, you've had a few bad weeks. And you've gotten beat badly these last few weeks. The offense, you were nowhere near showing up last weekend. And your offensive line was terrible. That changes on Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. There is no excuses as to this team 
not blowing out the Atlanta Falcons. And look, th this is time to put up or shut up for Mike McCarthy. Uh, this doesn't determine the season. I'm just saying that this really shows to me what Mike McCarthy's going to do, like culture-wise, or just how he's going to run this football team, or how this football team's going to be ran by Mike McCarthy. Because, look, I said it that it was a mistake for the Cowboys to not have any moves done at the trade deadline or not pick up anybody in the waiver wire. I'm not saying go after Von Miller and give up a two and a three because a lot of teams weren't going to do that. And I'm okay with the Cowboys saying we did go after him, but we weren't going to give up that much. That's fine. Okay. You know, I can live with that. You, you're telling me though, that like, this is what you told me by not making any moves at the trade deadline. You said that I'm okay with Terrence Steele being my left tackle and Ty, and Ty Inseki being my backup left tackle in the case that Tyron Smith is not playing. You told me that if Randy Gregory goes out, which he's out for the, for the at least three weeks with the calf strain, it looks like everybody's having a calf strain on this team. He's going to be out for the next three weeks on IR, at least. You, you're telling me that without Demarcus Lawrence and Ryan, Randy Gregory, that you are fine with taking Micah Parsons out of the stand-up linebacker position and putting him as a defensive end, that you're okay with him. I'm okay with him too, but you need more than one guy. Randy Gregory's not enough. To, uh, Micah Parsons is not enough to have a pass rush. You're telling me that you're okay with Chauncey Golson, Dorrance Armstrong, and Terrell Basham being your pass rushers and defensive ends on, these on this football team. You didn't need to make any moves. You were comfortable with the guys that you have on this football team right now. Okay, all right, you're putting your chips in and you're telling me you're all in with these guys. I don't believe in them, but you do. That's fine by me. But when it comes down to the moments where you need them the most and you're coming off a bad loss, you're coming off a bad performance in general, and you're going to a game that's very winnable, not, not just a, you know, uh, they should win. No, they, they, they should win times 100. This isn't a... Um, maybe the Falcons can, no, 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 no. This is your game. This is your game to win. No one is going to beat you except yourself. And the only way that the Falcons win this game is if you beat yourself, because there is no reason to think that the Atlanta Falcons are better at you in any facet of the game, quarterback, running back, wide receivers, offensive line, defense, especially there is no reason coaching, especially. There's no reason for the Atlanta Falcons to win this game. So you should beat them handedly. There's no, oh, let's make it close until the fourth quarter. No, 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 no. No, no, no. You win this football game by 40. 41 to 17. That's, that's what I expect. That's what I expect. I have high standards for this team. I always do, but especially this week. But you mean to tell me that Terrence Steele, Terrell Basham, Chauncey Golston, Dorrance Armstrong, these guys that have not really shown me anything other than, eh, they're all right. Eh, they, they'll get by. But it's other guys that are making plays for him. Terrence Steele had a bad experience at left tackle last week, and he had a full week of practice. He had another full week of practice with Tyron Smith still out. If he plays bad, and if we have ourselves another situation to where we have a embarrassing a Cowboys history moment like we did a few years ago with Chaz Green playing left tackle and against the Atlanta Falcons and he gave up six uh, fucking sacks against uh, Dak Prescott. If we have ourselves another one of those days and at the end of that game, you say, 
and we'll just see what he does in another week of practice. Yeah, and we'll see what happens with Terrence Steele. I'm not even in fucking picture on the camera. But if we have ourselves another situation like that, then I say this team ain't winning shit. This team ain't winning shit. We, we can win a lot this year because of all the bad teams that we're going to play. And when Tyron Smith comes back, they're going to be fine. But I can't fully believe in this team because of the injuries that Tyron Smith has uh, endured this season already and the past history that he's had. And then to think that our next best option is Terrence Steele. What if, what if they get to the Super Bowl and Tyron Smith ends up, you know, hurting his ankle again or having a neck issue, a back issue. And for the Super Bowl, you have to put Terrence Steele in at left tackle. I'm saying put your odds on the other team, no matter what that team is. Don't care. Because they will rush the passer. They will get to Dak Prescott if Terrence Steele is a left tackle. That's my assumption right now. That's what I'm thinking right now. And that's what I think is going to happen on Sunday. Is that Terrence Steele will give up a lot of plays. That he will give up a lot of sacks and a lot of blown up coverages. Whatever the case may be. Terrence Steele is not the guy for me. I want you to prove me wrong. I want, I want to think that Terrence Steele is a good left tackle. And he will be there in case Tyron Smith isn't. Because he has given me some good film on right tackle. I just don't think it's better than Lyle Collins. If you want to give me the argument that like you want to make a, a gourmet dish, but you want to use great value ingredients like Terrence Steele instead of Lyle Collins, who's the branded uh, name, I'm not, I'm not going to change your mind. But when you make that meal and I say, it's good, could be better though, if you would have made it with that, that's just how it is. That's not my problem. That's going to be your problem, and that's going to cost your job. You're the one that gets paid the big bucks, but if you make those rash decisions that don't work out for you at the end of the season, that's on you. And that's what you're giving me right now. You're giving me the Terrence Steele was good enough because we didn't need anybody at the trade deadline. You didn't want to make moves because you felt Terrence Steele, Chauncey Golson, Dorrance Armstrong, Terrell Basham were the right guys for the job, and you're fine with them. That Make that argument all you want. That's fine by me. But at the end of the season, to where that doesn't work out, or if we see it this weekend, to where they can't pass or rush the passer and they can't protect Dak Prescott, all right, I'm, I'm going to go back and listen to you say that again because you keep thinking that that's the right decision, but it clearly isn't. I'm watching the film. I'm Jalen Smith in this thing. I'm watching the film. And I say that Terrence Steele isn't good enough to play on this team. I'm saying that Terrell Basham isn't good enough to take care of Randy Gregory's spot or Demarcus Lawrence's spot. That's my thing. So, in this game, I think that the Atlanta Falcons can get to Dak Prescott from Terrence Steele's side. That's, that's Dak Prescott's blind side. And I think they can get some good success against Terrence Steele. Like, like I have as much confidence in Chaz Green as I do Terrence Steele right now. That's my situation. And they downplayed the situation with the injuries to CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper last week. No one really talked about it. No one really talked about, like, these guys were activated the day of the game. They weren't 100%, and they clearly looked not 100%. I don't believe in Mari Cooper being 100% right now. So the hamstring is going to give him issues again, and it will always give him issues. CeeDee Lamb, I hope he's better. I'm so glad that Michael Gallup's back in this game, and I said that um, earlier, but that it's just, just what I think. So... It, knock on wood, right, that Terrell, uh, Terrence Steele does not give up big plays 
doesn't give up pass protection. That will hurt Dak Prescott. That will hurt Ezekiel, uh, hurt Ezekiel Elliott. I'm just saying, if we're Kellen Moore here, and if you really truly feel confident in your offensive line and, and your, your playmakers on the outside, let's have fun. Let's, ha- let's have a ball. If you're up by 20, let's make it 27. You're up by 27, let's make it 34. I want a blowout. I, I want what Denver did to you so you can make everybody put uh, you put everybody on notice. You make them know who you are. You make them know that this this was a one-time thing and the rest of the way against bad teams we will take care of business. I need 60 minutes of good football. Defensively, I need you to stop the run. I don't think they will do that because against DJ Moore, Kadarius Tony, individual athletic guys that may be on bad teams they still get success. The Cowboys are doing this weird thing defensively to where they'll give up a huge amount of yards on one guy, but then the other guys don't really get noticed. This is going to be one of those cases with Cordell Patterson. The dude's dominating. The guy is, is like over 220, and he, he played alongside uh, Amari Cooper in Oakland at the time, and Amari Cooper said, yeah, man, like that dude's a freak. He said it in an interview earlier this week. So I think that Cordell can have a lot of success against this defense, I just want to see good tackling, good, consistent tackling. And if you want to give up the, the plays against uh, Cordell Patterson, that's fine by, by me. It's how they handle Kyle Pitts, who I think Anthony Brown's going to go against. I don't know if Trevon Diggs is going to take that role. We'll see. Maybe they'll switch him up every once in a while. But Russell Gage as well. No Calvin Ridley. If Calvin Ridley was in this game, I really think this could be a difference maker for the Atlanta Falcons. But... If you can't get to the quarterback like you could against Denver, if you give up the big chunk plays to Cordell Patterson like you did last week against Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, then, then we're just going to have another another Denver game. I need, I need the Cowboys to get a turnover or a big sack on third down, get off the field on third down like quickly early in this game. You can't let Atlanta get that early success to where they score seven, score three, they run down the field, and you barely stop them, but you're already tired. I need you to get off the field as soon as possible or create a turnover. I need Trevon Diggs to get that confidence back because they will attack you. They will put a double move on you if you're Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is very dynamic. He is a wide receiver in itself. So if you're going to have Trevon Diggs versus Kyle Pitts, he's going to make that double move and he's going to make it look like a better version of it than most rod receivers do around the league. Wide receivers do around the league. Like Kyle Pitts with a double move, that's scary to me. And they will do that against Trevon Diggs. Trevon Diggs has not looked very happy on the field. He looks aggravated and very angry with himself these past two weeks. And he's had some really bad weeks on film. Get that, get that confidence back in you. Get some good tackling. Make some plays early in this football game. And I guarantee you that Atlanta will fall. They will quickly realize that, oh, it's just not our day. And that's when you attack at the most. That's when the offense is like, oh, okay. All right, we'll be fine. Don't worry, Dak, I'll make the plays today. Zeke, yeah, we'll be fine today. Tony Pollard, I'm going to have some success today. I-, I need you to come out with a punch early on. You always want to do that in every game. But I think specifically in this week's game, you got to do that. You have to do that. You can't let them give them that shine of hope by getting a fourth down 
failed conversion or getting them off the field to punt, you can't do that. You really can't do it. Don't put it in the hands of your new kicker. Don't, don't let that happen. Put it in the hands of Dak Prescott. Put it in the hands of Ezekiel Elliott and make the plays. You put the pressure on yourselves. That's that's just what I think, okay? Um, like, I, I love Kyle Pitts. I think Cordell Patterson's a great uh, wide receiver slash running back. He's very dynamic. And this defense has some good individuals like A.J. Terrell. So they may make some individual plays. It's just a matter of overcoming that and exploiting the weaknesses. They can't really stop the run. And they can barely stop the passing game. So Dak, if you want to take a shot on first down, if you get the ball first, I, I would I would honestly, if you win the coin toss, I'd say, let me give me the ball first. And then play action off of Zeke if you see a single high safety. And I'm going to CeeDee Lamb or Michael Gallup. First play. First fucking play. And I'm saying stop that. If you do, all right. Let's bring it back down to earth. And then we'll do our, our little routine and adjust from there. But do what do what Philly does to you. Do what Deshaun Jackson to where they just go 60 yards down the field on the first play. And you'll see, all right, then we adjust from there. But if we get that home run bomb on the first play, ain't nobody stopping us at home. Then you get the crowd behind you. Then you get the momentum behind you. And you get the confidence for your defense. That That's what I think should happen. Um, I, I expect a 41-17 win for the Dallas Cowboys. And if it becomes a 24 to 21 win or 24 to 21 loss, God help me on Monday when I do a review for this podcast and God help you with your ears because I'm going to blow a casket and you are not going to want to listen to that. It's good content, but hey, I want to be happy for you guys. I want to make some good content. Thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for watching episode 252 of the bubble at sports podcast make sure to follow on all platforms including youtube we've been doing really good on on everything really um i, I want to set some goals for the new year but you know we'll save those for a little little down the way um hopefully i can make some some other content later this week but we'll never know um we'll, we'll figure it out you know i feel like we're on a really good rhythm and, and a really good consistency as far as content and uploading but you know We'll we'll uh we'll continue this. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time on the Bubble Up Sports Podcast. Yeah, hold on, tell me who's your top five quarterbacks right now, dead or alive, huh? And how much do you care about a ring if the best player got carried by the team? Mm. 